you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 128. What's up, Neil? What up, buddy? Hey, you got another podcast here. We're doing two in one night, man. We, yeah. we changed bourbons tonight. We're going for the second podcast. We're going to go back to uh, oh. our, our gift from uh, Jack Keys. Oh, sweet, yes. Yeah, old Forrester Single Barrel. Thank you, Mr. Keys. And we got Ace Monroe with us tonight, and we'll let you guys uh, introduce yourselves in just a moment. But cheers, Neil. Cheers. Cheers, Ace. Cheers, guys. Aces. Cheers. The Aces. The Aces. <laughs> so who do we have with us from Ace Monroe tonight? Um, my name is Eric McIntyre. I play bass. My name is John Tentatulis, and I play the drums. And I'm Josh Alfano, and I play lead guitar. All right. John, I see you got a beer there with you. Uh, I got, I got, I'm rocking the Coca-Cola tonight. I got the brew. John, I got the brew. Uh, I think I messed up. I meant Josh, didn't I? You did. In this band. <laughs> and then Jack's on the way. <laughs> it's a big old mess around here, yeah. <laughs> so why don't you, uh, why don't we start off, why don't you guys just tell us the, the origin of Ace Monroe? How did it all start? Uh, well, I, Ace Monroe started uh, in a college dorm room. And uh, Josh slid in my DMs one day. He's, he's very good at sliding into DMs, believe it or not. And uh, he asked if I, if, he wanted, if I wanted a jam. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, what could what could go wrong? And then, uh, so he came in and he brought, like, his little practice amp and a gold top Les Paul. Plugged it in. Oh. Probably one of the most badass guitar riffs that I ever heard in my life. Oh. And uh, it was just like, bam. Like, instant chemistry. And... Uh, my initial reaction was just, holy shit. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're clear. Free and clear. <laughs> or for, for those that don't like those words, holy crap. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then from there, we just, uh, yeah, that's how it came together. And we started jamming more. And um, my roommate, Jack, he uh, hopped in on rhythm guitar. And then we found Robbie auditioning at the Bluebird. Um, some of our mm. friends, was uh, they were there. And then they said, hey, you know, you're singing singer-songwriter pop stuff, but you're a rock singer, and you should meet our friends and sing with them. And and then that's how that happened. And then Eric was just, like, bestowed to us from the heavens. I, uh, I'm also pretty good at sliding in the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, um, 
through a through a Facebook group and uh, basically said, "Hey, uh, I like the fact that y'all are wearing flares. Y'all seem like some cool dudes. Let me come hang out." And then immediately ghosted them. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, fuck you. And then I came back <laughs> and turned around and I was like, "Yeah, you know." Yeah. He really he really played hard to get. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it got me. It got me the job. <laughs> And play hard to get slid in the DMs and then played hard to get, dude. That is a, a real, real mind games you're playing, dude. That it's a bold move. They, they were playing checkers. You were playing chess, sir. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Big brain in, big brain in there. We were desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so you meet in dorm rooms. You start playing a lot of rock and roll and started uh, failing a lot of classes. Is that what happened? <laughs> Well, I had already flunked out of college. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the failing classes started before the rock and roll. Um, yeah. Kind of. I had a professor in college tell me, um, just get C's and write really good songs and you'll be okay. Hey, that's a cool <laughs> that is, dude there. That is an oh, actual yeah. good life lesson from yeah. a professor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> Skate by. Because that's the thing, man. You know what they call uh, the doctor with the worst GPA in, in uh, doctor school when they graduate? No. Doctor. No <laughs> yeah, doctor, man. True. Yeah. You can be the last guy. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody's going to ever ask your GPA. Hey, C's get you a diploma, homie. <laughs> <laughs> did, did any of you guys know each other before college at all? Is there any relationship or did it all start there? No, it all started there. Me and uh, Jack, actually, funny enough, are from, like, the same small town in Florida. We grew up, like, 15 minutes away from each other. Had never met. No kidding. Is that right? Here in Nashville uh, in college at Belmont. That was a funny little coincidence. But, yeah, the rest of us, we all met here. Where'd you grow up in Florida? Uh, Stewart, Florida. It's kind of near, like, West Palm Beach, Jupiter, kind of like that area. Okay, okay. You said the word Belmont, man. So you guys meet in an uber competitive, high level music school for the most part, correct? I mean, how many of you guys meet there? Three? Yeah, yeah three of us. Three of us. Yeah. Not Eric. <laughs> well, he, he was teaching the class. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be. He had slipped in, you know. <laughs> what is what does that look like? I mean, you know, I, I imagine I don't know how that environment works. I, um, I say probably competitive, but then again, I look at you know we have uh, a bunch of people that come through the studio that are from University of Louisville School of Music or Bellarmine School of Music, and they are so tight and so linked and. Uh, Intermixed. I mean, we got a lot of those guys that play in a different, uh, you know, three or four different groups and do other things like that. What was it like for you guys um, coming up through Belmont? Was it a super supportive or was it uber competitive? Um, what did that look like when you guys started to uh, jam? Can I take this even though I didn't go to school there? No. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty competitive, but it's all very like friendly competition. Yeah, Jack, get in. Jack, get in. Oh, Jack, Jack. Perfect timing, Jack. Perfect timing. Belmont. Yeah, it's not like what the music seems like at Belmont. Belmont. Yeah, it's a competitive, yeah. Jack. It's, it's, hey guys. What's, what's <laughs> up, Jack? What's up? Ooh. Jack, John, Josh, and Eric. 
Yeah, all the Jays went to Belmont. No, so is that why y'all were roommates and close in the dorm? Is they everybody with the J was in the same uh, dorm? <laughs> yeah, they shared the same floor. Yeah, as to uh, K's. So yeah, Belmont. There's definitely competition there, um, for the most part. No other rock bands, really. but there's no Not real really. other rock, rock bands. It's a lot of like singer songwriters, like. Like one person, you know, like person with the guitar, acoustic guitar, and okay, single single artists maybe. There's not a ton of, of bands, I'd say. Yeah. So when it comes to rock and roll music, I don't. I mean, I don't think Belmont really like. I don't know if they really like support that. It's not <laughs> like if you're not like I don't know, like a singer songwriter singing about, I don't know, your dog or something. Then they don't really. <laughs> do that um. Well. I mean, it is Nashville. Dogs, trucks, you know, uh, yeah, trains. Yeah, yeah. Just, it has its place. It has its place, but... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we chose a little different avenue. Things are different now, I'd say, especially like in Nashville than they used to be. It used to be super... It's super commercial, of course. If you're in the... If you head downtown and you're an out-of-towner and you do the downtown scene, that stuff. But that's not... There's so many good... Uh, niches where good music is played did you guys find it pretty easy to to uh get yourself implemented into that scene of just good rock and roll music good uh original stuff that was that is it easier to do if you're a rock band or more or less you're trying to kick your foot into say the commercial country music scene like I assume a lot of those singer-songwriters and Belmont students eventually try to, or therefore try to do. Did it help to, to be so individualistic as a rock band? I mean, at Belmont, the thing we found about rock and roll music at Belmont is kind of funny because like, it seems like people there don't know they like rock and roll music because they see it live and then they go, oh, what was that? You know, hmm. there's a certain energy behind it. People love to dance, you know do that, that kind of stuff. So you, you put on a rock and roll show and it kind of like catches people, which is cool. Especially people like at Belmont who maybe haven't like seen a lot of rock and roll bands live. But then like in Nashville in general, I think, you know, it was really easy to get plugged in with like other local rock and roll bands because um, they're all just so nice and accepting and love anybody who's into the same stuff that they're into, you know? So just going out to those and meeting people, it's been really great. I would imagine with with uh, Rocket, it, it brings a different energy than, uh, than some of the other stuff that was going on with singer-songwriter stuff. So that has to rub off for anybody that comes and, and sees you live. Uh, because, I mean, you know, that's the thing with, with good rock music. You go watch it live, it's infectious. Uh, you, yeah. you feed off of what the, the band's doing. The band feeds off of the energy of the audience. And it's it's like, um, it, it's an interchanging, uh, interchangeable connection that, that creates the vibe. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, which I don't know if you get if you're down on, you know, uh, Broadway and, and walking through, you know, the Tootsies and all that stuff. You get really good. As as a outside person, I go, these guys are great players, but I'm not feeling anything. I mean, it's yeah. different when you have the raw, yeah. real deal uh, live rock music. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the guys down on Broadway. If you go down there, you're going to hear some of the best musicians in Nashville. 
a lot of those guys are in the world. Yeah, like they're they're playing. I mean, two to three hour sets. You know, every night. You know, probably multiple multiple times a day. Yeah, like they're 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 working their asses off. Um, I mean, you can go down there and then hear people that are like way better than you. But I think a lot of it's just because of the, the, the scene that's down there. It's all cover music. There's not a whole lot of, of original music um, down there at all. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's nothing that's locking you in because you can, you know, listen to a, a Van Halen 2 driving down there, and then you go in there and hear people playing Van Halen 2. I mean, you could go and listen to the record. You know, and there's nothing that's really just like gut punchingly original about any of that. Mm-hmm. So I think having like original rock music that's that's coming back, which is thank God for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but like a little you know, hope, a little light, yeah, a little, yeah. A little, a little light. <laughs> and it's coming back a little bit. <laughs> you know, until like honestly, like Fredo Van Fleet came out and, and started doing stuff, like nobody perked up at rock like there was a little mm-hmm. bit where like the whole rock is dead thing was a trending phrase but i mean honestly they've they've come out and then a lot of of other really talented artists have come out and kind of brought a little bit back in you know so we have the chance to to do it and bring something new to the table yeah dude i think there was like there was an area like a space and time where probably between your era, probably during my era, because you guys, I think, are younger than I am uh, by uh, quite a bit. But um, Not that much. Well, <laughs> I think that there was this little era where Southern Rock, and like if, if you were to say, you know, play some Skinner was a joke. It wasn't cool. It's, it's like, you know, what are you going to play? Freebird? Loser? <laughs> Who, I mean, it really, it, it really was a point where people forgot how amazing rock and roll, Southern rock, um, and that like genre and lane of music was and how talented people were. So, I mean, it's like there is this resurgence. It, it, in Louisville, there's this, you know, I think Mojo, uh, Mojo Thunder and, and bands of, of the like that lean hard mm-hmm. into that vibe and sound and it it's create you know you go watch it and it's so infectious you know just like you guys it there's when you create a vibe and a feel and a sound and and uh there's no falsehood to it you know you believe in what you're doing you're doing it with heart you're doing it with conviction you just you're doing it for the music um that's hard not to to get invested in you know as, as an audience member first of all that 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 thinks it's a joke to listen to Skinner. Uh-oh, yeah. I knew you're going for Don't this. Don't get Eric started uh, on Skinner. <laughs> Don't get him started. Uh, that, that's a laughable thing, because Skinner... Yeah, man. Skinner was the... Some of the best damn musicians <laughs> that have ever come along. Absolutely. There, I mean, there's dude. a reason why Freebird is, is so great, and it's honestly... Coming from a bass player, it's not the guitar part. It's not the guitar solo. Oh, sure, it's sure. the drums. It is. It is oh. the drums. And the bass yeah. The way that they interlock the guitar solo that makes that guitar solo so fucking awesome. Like there's a reason why it's so powerful. And and the like, go back and listen to it and follow the bass part instead. 
I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't have, you don't have to convince us there. Yeah, we're on your side, brother. I just, <laughs> I just know. I just know, and, and I think you'll you can agree. There was a probably a time where you knew. That, uh, do you yeah. agree? That, oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people brainwashed by what they hear on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know who wants to answer this, but you know all the talk about Belmont. It just makes me wonder, like, uh, were you guys brought up in in music families, or you know what? Where did it start? Did it start at a young age? When did you pick up instruments? Did you have lessons? Uh, what kind of led you down that path? Yeah, I want to start. Yeah. I can start. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, my dad, yeah, Pete, my dad, was my dad. He uh, made me a drum set. I like a plastic toy, like golf cart thing when I was, I don't even know how old it was, probably like three or four. And he uh, took like the plastic golf clubs and like duct taped them to the cart and put paper plates on there for like symbols and stuff. So then I would just <laughs> hit that and watch live rush videos. Um, and I think I would sit, he like put me on like a, he went to like a drum store one time. And I remember this, like I was, I was sitting like on the seat of like the drum drum. My legs couldn't touch the pedals. They were just dangling off. And I was just, just beating the way, having a great time. And uh, that's like when it all started. And then I took, started taking lessons. And when I was like in seventh grade, and uh, never looked back, and I just grew up on classic rock. So I have to, I have to give props to my pops for getting me into music because he's the shit. And, so what, nice. what what were you listening to? What were you hearing around the house with your dad? The good shit, like Pink, a lot of Pink Floyd. My dad plays in a Pink Floyd cover band. He's been doing it for like ten years too. So like, nice. Oh yeah. So like, what instrument? Drums. Guitar. He's a huge David okay. Gilmore guy. He's got all the. Oh. Shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The Strata Master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got that. Um, and then we did Van Halen and Led Zeppelin. Um geez. So he was he was giving you a good education growing up, man. Yeah, he was giving you a good education. Oh yeah. All right, uh, Jack, you're up, brother. My my dad got me started. I got I started playing until when I was seven years old at school. Uh I was at had after school like group guitar lessons and my dad used to play back in the day so he got me started on that and i fell in love with it and uh yeah same thing handed down music taste for my dad and local rock radio and you know got guitar hero three as a kid yes my all right john what type of uh, guitar did your dad play my dad played uh an old like Gibson SG, like are like, you kidding? Like early seventies like, model one. There's pictures of him with his little band in like the early seventies, and they're all in a basement with the wood panel walls That's... and like, <laughs> yeah. They used to just play covers. They like he told me that they played like something Jack Flash and stuff like that. Some CCR. Spent the rest of your life trying to look as cool as that picture, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Still trying. <laughs> All right, Jack. What about you, bro? I can tell Eric to keep yeah. you guys in line, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he keeps our egos in check. A yeah, bit. he does. Yeah. Just a smidge. Uh, <laughs> I never had Guitar Hero, so uh, <laughs> uh, I actually had Rock Band. If you can't tell. Oh, and they all get it. You also have a Samsung, don't you? He did. Oh, he did. I did. Yeah. I did. I did. 
<laughs> but <laughs> they got me off. Yeah. And now whenever my, whenever my, uh, well, actually our lead singer's not here. We roast him all the time because he, we can't have a band group chat. We have to have a band slack because like we, we don't, we don't do the green text messages. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. So, um, I actually, both, like my, both my parents are not musicians. Um, so they are like not the most like rock inclined. Um, they're huge parrot heads, huge, like Jimmy okay. fans. Like they really only listen to Jimmy Buffett and like country music, like Zach Brown and like all that, like pop country, which honestly is great. But, um, okay. It's Kenny just, Chesney. They got if they listen to Jimmy Buffett, they gotta listen to Kenny Chesney. Man. Yes, yes, they are. All right. fans. So I know a little bit about that, but um, yeah, I really got um introduced to rock by um just really on the radio, like listening on the radio, and and I I still remember the first time I heard "Peace of Mind" by Boston, um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So then I kind of just like um, my dad actually did have a Boston CD, so I'd play that. And that was really my only in to like rock. And then I would just like buy songs here and there um, and have songs through like iTunes, like, like Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Mm-hmm. Like that was like my first like, oh shoot, like should I be listening to this <laughs> song? <laughs> so no, then like, um, but then I just, it just went out from there, you know, like everything, like ACDC, Guns N' Roses. So, yeah, I kind of found it myself. Should I be listening to this? And you said, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I should. As a matter of fact. And more. Let's listen again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric, let's hear it, man. So I have the oldest uh, coming to music story out of all of these guys. Um, Bass players always do. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Um, oh, there you go. That says it all right there. Yep. And uh, I remember when I was little, um, my grandpa, I, I originally thought that it was the Beatles that got me turned on to music. But I actually, through seeing the Elvis movie, have been reminded that my first memory of music is actually Elvis. My grandpa showing me Elvis. Um hmm. That's how you got to move your hips, boy. Oh, yeah. I used to do a, a mean impression. Um, it was not good. Uh, it was a four-year-old, you know? Like, yeah. And... Uh, you do it better so my, forced. Yeah. My, my, my grandpa was like a huge influence. You know, he showed me Elvis. And then, then the Beatles, uh, CCR, all those guys. And then I actually... A lot of it was found by myself. Um, my mom was, I grew up in kind of a very musical family, even though none of them played. Um, my mom was like a big Van Halen fan. Um, like she had, I have posters of hers that she had on her wall um, in 1984. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like like crazy Van Halen fan, like had the hair, whole nine yard, leather pants. Like she was a Van Halen <laughs> fan. <laughs> um, so like I had that side where it was like Van Halen and Poison and Motley Crue and that stuff and then I had like the older stuff with my grandpa like the Beatles and CCR and so like basically meshing the two um, I was introduced to Zeppelin 
and Black Sabbath and The Who and um, all those guys that were a little bit harder um, in the 70s. And that was just like a game changer. Um, started out playing drums, actually, and then swapped. I was getting ready to ask. That's a question we always ask bass players. Did you start on the bass? I did not. The answer's always no. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to. It's like one out of ten is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody and they're wants all... to play the bass. Hell, I don't even want to play the bass now. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing drums, and then I realized that I didn't want to smell like a drummer. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> I moved to a uh, to guitar, and then I decided that I wanted to be a guitar player. And until I started doing session work. Um, I started going into these sessions and they're like, well, we have guitar players. Well, we have guitar players. And it was the classic, well, if you can play bass, you can play on this song. And I said, well, I'll give it my best. And did it and they kept calling me back. So I said, I guess I need to get good at this. <sighs> and did and started playing bass. So That's the way it always works. So where, you, where were Everybody you doing? Everybody falls into the bass. Were you doing session work in, in Muscle Shows? I was. Um, none of the glamorous shit, though. So, like, uh, I interned at Fame my freshman year of high school. And like, Is that right? Yeah, so I got to, like, hang out in Fame a lot in Jackson Highway. Um, I did some session work in Jackson Highway, but it was, like, um, it was after dark. So uh, the engineer at Jackson Highway, because Jackson Highway, like, where the stones recorded and everything, is now basically just a museum. They can still record in there, but they just don't. Um, <laughs> make make enough money for people visiting. Yeah, it's it's they make so much money from people just doing tours that they don't even worry about doing sessions. So, uh, which most wasting, of, it's wasting a room, man. That room's amazing. Some kids, <laughs> anyway, though, that have come up in Muscle Shoals like post movie have been like, "Why are we not utilizing this?" Like, I mean, seriously. Have, literally some of the best rooms in the world right here and we don't so um the engineer that worked there at the time which he doesn't anymore uh he's thank goodness moved on to some some greater places for sure um but he would like call me in at nine at night and we would work from like nine to three in the morning on any artist that he could pull in um and and a lot of it was just local talent. Um Jason Isbell's local talent, man. Yeah, and like play and we would play on, you know, records, which it wasn't like Jason Isbell. Uh that would be, be cool, awesome. But it was not oh, Jason yeah. Isbell. Uh, walk in and he's doing cover me up and muscle shows like, you know, fifteen uh, years ago. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> be insane. That would truly be insane. But um yeah, it was just like night night stuff and um stuff like that little stuff where they would usually have just like some local artists in there and would need somebody that wasn't you know david hood that doesn't want to get up and go till 3 30 in the morning because he doesn't have to um yeah. but yeah that was the extent of my uh session days pretty much all right so i'm coming back eric to to previously uh, when mentioned Belmont, you said, can you answer the question? I really want to know what the answer was when it was talking about uh, 
the intense competition of Belmont. Oh. And from the outside perspective, what was that? What 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 do you see in yeah. that type of environment as an outside? Lockdown. Because yeah. they shut you down. They shut quickly, you down Eric. quick, dude. It was like, hey, we're Belmont alum. You ain't you ain't you're not talking. <laughs> that was a college dropout. As a fellow college dropout, that's why I came back to you, homie. <laughs> Belmont Belmont is honestly like a great school for anybody that is going to get their feet wet. Like anybody that's that's that has a love for it and is wanting to really hone their skills or, or wanting to to have opportunity and meet people, network. Um, like there is a great network of, of students and faculty there. Um, that I haven't, like I'm very jealous of these guys because I wish that I could have went to a school like that, you know? Um, you still can, man. There's Don't give up hope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a very good student at all. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. Like I am a horrible student. So Belmont does not want me. Trust me. Um, but as far as like the music scene, like Belmont is very like they hit right on the head. Like it is very singer songwriter. Um, if it is a band, usually it's like indie music. Um, there's not a whole lot of rock and roll you know like it's one of those things where people really don't know that they're into it until they've went to a rock and roll show and they see it and they're like holy crap there's something about this you know like there's there's an electricity in the air and i think that uh that belmont is is a place for especially like for us like they've been maybe not school per se, but the students especially have been very supportive of us just because it's different. Like not Mm -hmm. having a whole lot of competition in our, in our genre. Um, like people have been super duper into it and, and it's just so different from, from what they're hearing and what they're seeing that people get excited about it. So. That's cool. Well, let's let our listeners hear a tune. Let's, uh, Start off with gospel. Tell us about gospel. How'd that come about? Yeah, so this was the first song we wrote together as a band. Jonathan mentioned the dorm room jam. Um, the riff I brought into that jam was the riff of this song. The badass. So, one. yeah, that, okay. This is the first song that you write together. It's like, all right, we definitely got to stick together. Yeah, the one that locked down Jonathan after he almost uh, didn't want to jam with me. Yeah, I was tired of that. But yeah, and then, uh, yeah, this was the first one we wrote. I did it, what, January 2020? So, like, right before pandemic. We were, like, just ramping up then. And mm-hmm. I wrote this one song, and then it's kind of pandemic after that. We all had to split up for a little bit. But uh, we had this one in our back pocket that whole time. All right, let's check it out, man. All right, gospel.
Yeah, you at least get a second practice after that that lick, man. You bring that to practice. You go, all right, we'll do, we'll, we'll try it again. Let's see what else this guy's got. We used to play this when we were just starting off and didn't have a lot of material. We used to play this on a loop in a rehearsal room. Yeah, we do it like fifty times. <laughs> so you got this is your first song, and you guys get it recorded, and then and then you get shut down right off. That had to be that had to be a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully we, uh, use that time to rehearse and write a bunch of new stuff and record a lot of stuff. So by the time things opened up again, we had a repertoire of music and it was rehearsed. So then when we hit the stage, we kind of knew what we were doing and I think we're still trying to figure out what we're doing, but, um, so what does writing look like in Ace Monroe? Are, are you are you guys all writing, or is somebody the primary songwriter? Or how does that work out? Yeah, with the stuff we have out right now, at least it's kind of been one of those things where, like, if I have a riff, I'll bring it over to Jonathan and we'll jam it out, you know, and just kind of see what comes out of it and try to get the bones of maybe like the structure of a song out and see if we can get that worked out. And then Robbie will come in with that and work on lyrics and melody and stuff like that. And we might tweak the structure a little bit. And then from there, it kind of goes out to the rest of the band and everybody adds their parts in. And nothing's like ever set in stone either. Like things change all the time at every stage. So everybody gets a good input on everything. So by the end of it, it's definitely an Ace Monroe song. So lyrically, who, uh, who takes control? Is that Robbie? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Robbie are normally sit down and work out lyrics and stuff like that. And then everybody has to run it by Eric for a final approval. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. His acceptance rate is very low. Yeah, very low. Very <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Eric is a hard ass. And a lot of the songwriting process too also is a lot of beating your head against the wall. Like, what the fuck are we doing? And then something, you know, after, you know, a little bit of time, you, you know, your your head hurts from, you know, smacking against the wall. And you're like, hey, maybe this sounds good. And then it's like, hey, it's cool. Yeah. Or, or yeah. it falls together in 15 minutes. Or, yeah, it takes like 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. So it's one or the other. <laughs> I tell you, man, what is it about the bass player? I, I got a bass player too, man. And, and like, if we're practicing and I look at him, and he's just got this, you know, this stone face. I'm like, this must suck. We must be <laughs> awful right now. Why is he not like this? What is going on? And then, you know, like after practice, he'll be like, 
was, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you should have felt my confidence level was at an all time low this entire practice because of you. And that's what you're going to tell me, man. Can you act like you're having a good time? What is it about bass play? Well, I've stopped mid rehearsal. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, sometimes, sometimes, it's, yeah, I'm great. Sometimes, uh, this is dog shit. And you're just, you're just do this. It's different. Do this different. No, I'm, I'm just joking around. I mean, I'm I am a bit of a hard ass. Like we all are, though. They'll tell you, like I'm I'm a hard ass, but like I, it really does like stem from my love of music. Like we all love it, and yeah. we all want it to be great. So we're all pretty pretty rough on on our we're our worst critic. Like we we really do nitpick a lot, um, and it's just it's just part of it it's part of the songwriting process it's part of you know learning to work with one another and 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 not give up you know not flee when the fight gets hard you know like when it's when we're in the thick of it and and really getting down to business just staying in it and and keep grinding even though you may be over in the corner with a face like oh god what is this you know (laughs) um so yeah it's it's we're all a little bit of hard asses. Yeah. We all definitely have a bit of like a perfectionistic thing to yeah. our own play. Yeah. And I think it, in the long run, it does really help the total outcomes that we all want it to be. I think we all know what we're capable of and we all want it to be the best we can. We're very blessed to have more than one visionary in this band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is prior. <laughs> Josh is. Every band has one. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's, who's always late to rehearsal? Jack. Jack. Oh. I mean, I think I proved it. Honestly. That's the easiest question of the night. He was late to the podcast. But I think I did good today. I was only 10 minutes late. Yeah. I, mean, I was only 10 minutes late. <laughs> uh, last week? Yeah. No. Which no. time? <laughs> I'm sorry. When we were supposed to get on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Memphis? <laughs> so, How bad was it? <laughs> All right, next question. So, next question. Yeah. So, next <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sorry. It was this must be a, a, a sore spot, man. Jack, all I can say is you got to do a little bit better, man. Yeah, just a little bit better. <laughs> they, they tell me like, hey, like if we're supposed to do something at six, like oh five, Jeff, you should be here at five. Yeah, and then and then you make it here by like six thirty. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we need to we need to move that he clock knows. up another half an hour or so for him. It doesn't right. work if Jack knows your trick. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell him the trick next time, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you all talked about um, how, how you're getting to the point where you can kind of get nitpicky, and that I think that's a solid place to be because when you can get to the point where, especially when you can see in each other, hey, man, you know. Uh, I know what you do well. You get to the point where you're around and play with each other uh, enough to where you can kind of coax out each other's abilities and, and get the best out of each other. So when you can get nitpicky on certain things, especially when you're solidifying a song, that ends up being a positive thing. And I think what that uh, leads to, and the question I think is, when you get to a point where you all solidify a song, like at the end of the day, everybody puts their stamp of approval on this. It's like, hey, this one's done. Do you feel completely satisfied that everybody in the band feels the same way because you're so critical on what you're doing on your own? Usually by that point, we all hate the song and hate each other. So, 
<laughs> so true. We start talking again, and then. <laughs> yeah, so bad. That is true. By the time you get a song recorded, you're like, yeah, I can't hear this thing again. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of it ourselves. So, like, we recorded ourselves, and then I, I've done all the mixing work on them and stuff. So, I've heard these so many uh, times. Yeah. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about that. So, you guys record yourselves? And- yeah, the album we did um, all ourselves during uh, Shelter in Place. Yeah, during lockdown. Oh, we were sheltering. Well, place. yeah, hence yeah. the name. <laughs> um, hey. So yeah, we recorded drums at the house we were rehearsing at at the time. And then the rest of it was all done in my tiny little one bedroom apartment. Over on West. Really? Yeah, neighbors yeah. got pissed. Neighbors hated me. Fucking for hated Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the art, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and because Robbie is very loud when he sings, you know, yeah. some of those screams get real up there. So we built him like a little vocal booth out of PVC pipe and set it in my kitchen and just kind of left it there for a month while we were doing vocals. And would you put a moving blanket over it? Yeah, a couple big old moving blankets over it and stuff. And that's how this studio band. started, man. Oh. That's where we started. Oh, yeah. yeah. It gets real sweaty in there real quick, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the most recent single we did, Fooling It Up, we did that um, over at Ocean Way with this guy named Steve Ivey producing it. Um, recorded it there, and I mixed it in my little home studio setup. We actually, the horns on that track we did in the living room of the house I'm living in right now, right here. So yeah, it's a lot of a lot of DIY around here. Even though you didn't do the actual engineering of the recording, you're still doing all the mixing. Yes. Yeah, that is the most tedious process of the entire thing. Oh, I love it so much, though. Thank That's you. why I let him do it. He loves that stupid shit too. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Oh yeah, I don't want to do it either, man. And uh, <laughs> hand that off. Yeah, it's just you get to getting to that final product is rewarding. I'm a hard ass about it. So Josh will do an entire mix and then you'll send it to me and I'll always say, well, the bass could be a little bit higher in the mix, honestly. <laughs> every time. Every time. So, it's always I, the bass I, needs I, to come up. Bass, yeah. yeah, I'm starting to think that he doesn't like parents. It's great to have that extra set of ears, though. Yeah. yeah. And once you mix it and uh, kind of get it out, do you do the full test? All right, studio test, uh, car ride test, everything oh, here yeah. where it sounds like? Everywhere I can. You Head, have to headphones, man. car, headphones, studio, car, Bluetooth speaker, Eric. Phone. Yeah, Eric. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's check out another one. Yeah, let's listen to another yeah. song. Tell us about Ghost. Ghost. Um, I don't know what to, what to say about Ghost. This is like our this is our favorite song to close with live. It's got a fun jam at the end, and yeah. we like to drag it out, and it gets pretty crazy and explosive it's and it's like 10 minutes when we play it live <laughs> yeah. yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah the whole thing crazy thing. it's a whole shebang you just yeah. gotta see it yeah, yeah you gotta see it i you gotta see it live yeah <laughs> yeah man we almost got to see you guys man y'all were at zanzibar here in little yeah, one june right. man just up there was that last month we had a podcast scheduled that night man we couldn't we'll come work, that's okay uh we'll be back yeah we'll yeah, definitely we'll be, be back. back that place is sick Oh, cool. Yeah, Z-Bar is awesome. It's a great live music spot. Yeah. Well, when you guys come back to um, make sure you hit us up so we can yeah. get you in the studio here and do some one-shot videos for our YouTube channel. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. A little bourbon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's uh, customary. 
We that's, <laughs> how, that's how we warm you guys up. <laughs> Get you ready to play some music, you know? <laughs> All right, let's check it out. Ghost. All right. of you closing on your show. <laughs> all the stops, all the hits. I can imagine it gets pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sorry. I felt like I was there just a second ago. <laughs> so our, uh, our listeners that want to follow you guys closely, get to know you more. Where can they find you on the socials, find your music, all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, Ace Monroe Band on Instagram. Um, it's Ace Monroe, the got Facebook page, uh, and then Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all that good stuff. Ace Monroe. Ace Monroe.com. Yeah, Ace Monroe.com. Yeah. On Google. Yeah. Yeah. Ace yeah. like the pilot, Mon- Monroe left Maryland. America's favorite. America's favorite. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate you guys talking to us, man, visiting with us a little bit tonight. We're going to go out with fooling it up. Tell us about that. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Very, oh, man. Thank yeah. you all. Being a part of your stellar production. Also, I mean, Cubs hat just really is the cherry on Cubs hat matching shirts, you know. I mean, come on. What else, what else can you ask for? Yeah. And the bourbon. And the bourbon. I mean, come on. There's no fucking better podcast than this right here. So That's right. That's what's up. Yeah. So all the listeners <laughs> listen to this are very smart people. Um, and they know what's up. But... But fooling it up. But fooling it up. They know what's <laughs> up, but fooling it up. Let me tell you something about that. <laughs> um, that was our most recent single that we recorded at Ocean Way Studios with the awesome, amazing producer and just cool guy, Steve Ivey. Oh, wow. And we wrote that song. It was a riff that Josh had. And we, over um, the winter, we um, hashed it out in the basement here and um, went to Ocean Way and recorded it. And so that's our first like professional studio recording. And I think we're all really happy with how it turned out. Got to give it the live test a couple times before we recorded it too. Got to play it live. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it just, it's just one of those songs like, "Mm," you know what I mean? I just feel like the groove is so good, especially since you got Eric McIntyre on the bass playing quarter notes like a motherfucker. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and I love the, uh, the background vocals on there by Jack and Robbie. Um, and it's just like a really fun song about doing some fun things, whatever yeah. that means. I think it's a good example of uh, what we strive for, which is, let's say, where our 
we're a rock and roll band, not a rock band. I think this song has yeah. that yeah. role, that kind of like bluesy, funky influence, that kind of thing. It makes you want to get up and dance. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a danceable song. It's rolling. It's rolling. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's check it out. Thanks again, fellas. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Fooling it up. See y'all.